Welcome back to the Arantia Radio Podcast, where we study and share the fifth epical revelation known as the Arantia Book. I'm Jim, your host. My website is urantiaradio.net for more information on this podcast, as well as news from the Urantia community and news in general that is of interest to those who read the Urantia Book. On the heels of the excitement of a newly launched James Webb telescope, which is expected to expand our reach tenfold of the galaxies and even back to the beginnings of time in our universe, we bring to you, in honor of the James Webb Telescope, paper 57, the Urantia book description of the so-called Big Bang that science currently believes occurred 13.8 billion years ago, initiating all forms, all known forms of matter. The time frame is based on current astronomic observations of those stars that are 13.8 billion light years away and that can be fairly detected by our telescopes. The James Webb Telescope will take us 10 times farther back and whatever space will allow us to see. So that's pretty exciting, I think. In 1934, the Arantia book authors presented to us a narrative that gives us the origin of not only our world, Urantia, which they termed Urantia, but in part three of the book, in fact, at the very beginnings of part three of the Urantia book, they take us back to the origins of our sun and from whose family of suns produced hundreds of billions of other suns years ago by an, a mother nebula they call the Andronova or the Andronova Nebula. As a context, the writers give us details on certain universal personalities whose job it was to initiate and observe manipulate and execute forms of energy that bring into existence these nebula. This is their story of what we would consider creation, the creation of our universe, which they refer to as Nebadon. Nebadon, by the way, in its entomological form, uh, represents city or place of nebula. That would be a, an appropriate name that you would call if you were using Greek or Latin, Nebadon. It's a fascinating account, and if the Webb Telescope can confirm for us the universe is much larger and much older than we previously thought, then once again the Urantia book becomes validated as a true revelation of information. And I expect that to happen. And so, perhaps for the first time ever, in podcast form, uh, in, this, in this medium, in this format, I'm going to share with you what they say is an accurate description of the beginnings of things in our universe. So we'll pick up from paper 57. Urantia is of origin in your sun, and your sun is one of the multifarious offspring of the Andronova Nebula, which was one time organized as a component, part of the physical power and material matter of the local universe of Nabadon. And this great nebula itself took origin in the universe forced charge of space in the super-universe of Orvington long, long ago. At the time of the beginning of this recital, the primary master force organizers of Paradise had long been in full control of the space energies which were later organized as the Andronover Nebula. 987 billion years ago, associate force organizer and then acting inspector number 811307 of the Orvinson series, that's an actual person, 
traveling out from the central universe of Uversa, reported to the Ancients of Days that space conditions were favorable for the initiation of materialization phenomena in a certain sector of the then easterly segment of Orvinton. Orvinton is one of seven super-universes. Nebadin is within the domains or the super-universe of Orvinton. 900 billion years ago, so 87 billion years later, the Uversa archives testify there was recorded a permit issued by the Uversa Council of Equilibrium to the super-universe government authorizing the dispatch of a force organizer and staff to the region previously designated by, if you remember, Inspector Number 811-307. The Orvington authorities commissioned the original discoverer of this potential universe to execute the mandate of the Ancients of Days, calling for the organization of a new material creation. So roughly 900 billion years ago, once they established that the section of Orvinson was ripe for materialization, then went into the, in motion all of the plans that are necessary for the creation of the kind of nebula that would produce suns, solar orbs. So this is the beginning of that process, the permit stage, if you will. From 57... Paragraph 1, Section 5, the recording of this permit signifies that the force organizer and staff had already departed from Uversa on the long journey to that easterly space sector where they were subsequently to engage in those protracted activities which would terminate in the emergence of a new physical creation in Orvinson. So imagine an, an area of space that's has no matter, nothing's there. It's, it's practically empty, except for a couple of maybe ultimatons and maybe some random atomic particles. Whatever it is, it's, it's, there's no suns, there are no black holes, there's nothing there. It's an empty area of space. 875 billion years ago, the enormous Andronover Nebula, number 876,926, was duly initiated. Only the presence of the force organizer and the liaison staff was required to inaugurate the energy whirl, which eventually grew into this vast cyclone of space. Subsequent to the initiation of such nebular revolutions, the living force organizer simply withdrew at right angles to the plane of the revolutionary disk. And from that time forward, the inherent qualities of energy ensure the progressive and orderly evolution of such a new physical system. So these liaison force organizers are able to manipulate energy in an embryonic stage to get that energy to begin the process of spinning, creating nebular evolutions that later, as this revolutionary disk gains in strength and size and energy, that it starts to give birth to suns and solar orbs. That's what they're describing here, the very beginnings of that process. All evolutionary material creations are born of circular and gaseous nebulae. And all such primary nebulae are circular throughout the early part of their gaseous existence. As they grow, grow older, they usually become spiral 
and when their function of sun formation has run its course, they often terminate as clusters of stars or as enormous suns surrounded by a varying number of planets, satellites, and smaller groups of matter, in many ways resembling your own diminutive solar system. 800 billion years ago, the Andronova creation was well established as one of the magnificent primary nebula of Orbiton. As the astronomers of nearby universes looked out upon this phenomena of space, they saw very little to attract their attention. Gravity estimates made in adjacent creations indicated that space materializations were taking place in the Andronova region, but that was all. So they're telling us that 800 billion years ago, there were star observers in nearby universes that only noticed just a little bit of activity that was going on in this area of the super universe of Orvinson. 700 billion years ago, the Andronova system was assuming gigantic proportions and additional physical controllers were dispatched to nine surrounding material creations to afford support and supply cooperation to the power centers of this new material system which was so rapidly evolving. At this distant date, all of the materials bequeathed to the subsequent creations was held within the confines of this gigantic space wheel which continued to ever whirl and after reaching its maximum of diameter to whirl faster and faster as it continued to condense and contract. 600 billion years ago, the height of the Andronova energy mobilization period was attained. The nebula had achieved its maximum of mass. At this time, it was a gigantic circular gas cloud in shape somewhat like a flattened spheroid. This was the early period of differential mass formation and varying revolutionary velocity. Gravity and other influences were about to begin their work of converting space gases into organized matter. The enormous nebula now began gradually to assume the spiral form and to become clearly visible to the astronomers of even distant universes. So for the record, they're saying that as far back as 600 billion years ago, there were astronomers in the universe on other worlds, other places. So the universe clearly is far older than even our modern astronomers can imagine. This is the natural history of most nebula, they say, before they begin to throw off suns and start upon the work of universe building. These secondary space nebula are usually observed as spiral phenomena. From paper 57, section 3, paragraph 2, the nearby students of that faraway era, as they observed this metamorphosis of the Andronover Nebula, saw exactly what 20th century astronomers see when they turn their telescope spaceward and view the present age spiral nebula of adjacent outer space. About the time of the attainment of the maximum of mass, the gravity control of the gaseous content commenced to weaken, and there ensued the stage of gas escapement, the gas streaming forth as two gigantic and distant arms, which took origin on opposite sides of the mother mass. The rapid revolutions of this enormous central core soon imparted a spiral appearance to these two projecting gas streams. The cooling and subsequent condensation of portions of these protruding arms eventually produced their knotted appearance. 
These denser portions were vast systems and subsystems of physical matter whirling through space in the midst of the gaseous cloud of the nebula while being held securely within the gravity grasp of the mother wheel. And this is what happened in Andronover age, ages upon ages ago. The energy wheel grew and grew until it attained its maximum of expansion. And then, when contraction set in, it whirled on faster and faster until eventually the critical centrifugal stage was reached and the great breakup began. It was scarcely a million years subsequent to this epoch that Michael of Nebadon, a creator son of paradise, selected this disintegrating nebula as the site of his adventure in universe building. Almost immediately, the architectural worlds of Salvington and the 100 constellation headquarters groups of planets were begun. It required almost one million years to complete these clusters of specially created worlds. The local system headquarters planets were constructed over a period extending from that time to about five billion years ago. Now the completed universe mechanism of Nebadon first begins to function, and Michael's creation is registered on Uversa as a universe of inhabitation and progressive mortal ascension. 100 billion years ago, the nebular apex of condensation tension was reached. The point of maximum heat tension was attained. This critical stage of gravity-heat contention sometimes lasts for ages, but sooner or later, heat wins the struggle with gravity. And the spectacular period of sun dispersion begins. And this marks the end of the secondary career of space nebula. The primary stage of nebula is circular, the secondary spiral. The tertiary stage is that of the first sun dispersion, while the quartan embraces the second and last cycle of sun dispersion. With the mother nucleus ending either as a globular cluster or a solitary sun functioning as the center of our terminal solar system. 75 billion years ago, this nebula had attained the height of its sun family stage. This was the apex of the first period of sun losses. The majority of these suns have since possessed themselves of extensive systems of planets, satellites, dark islands, comets, meteors, and cosmic dust clouds. Let me also interject that 75 billion years ago, this may actually be the beginnings of what our astronomers would, would consider the beginning of the creation of our universe, or the emergence of our universe, 75 billion, because this is when the first series of suns, dark islands, comets, meteors, come into existence and came into existence in the universe of Nebadon. Continuing on, 50 billion years ago, this first period of sun dispersion was completed. The nebula was fast finishing its tertiary cycle of existence, a third phase, during which it gave origin to 876,926 sun systems. So what they're saying here is that our universe of Nebadon to which we belong consists of, at it, it first, it consisted of 876,926 individual suns. 25 billion years ago witnessed the completion of the tertiary cycle of nebular life and brought about the organization and relative stabiliza stabilization 
of the far-flung starry systems derived from the, this parent nebula. But the process of physical contraction and increased heat production continued in the central mass of the nebular remnant. And so it was 10 billion years ago the Corton cycle of Andronover began. The maximum of nuclear mass temperature had been attained. The critical point of con condensation was approaching. The original mother nucleus was convulsing under the combined pressure of its own internal heat condensation tension and the increasingly gravity tidal pull of the surrounding swarm of liberated sun systems. The nuclear eruptions which were to inaugurate the second nebular sun cycle were imminent. The quartened or fourth phase cycle of nebular existence was about to begin. Eight billion years ago, this terrific terminal eruption began. Only the outer systems are safe at the time of such a cosmic upheaval. And this was the beginning of the end of the nebula. The final sun disgorgement extended over a period of almost two billion years. Seven billion years ago witnessed the height of the Andronover terminal breakup. This was the period of the birth of the larger terminal suns and the apex of the local physical disturbances. Six billion years ago, for those paying attention, which is the birth of our sun, marks the end of the terminal breakup and the birth of your sun, the 56th from the last of the Andronover second solar family. This final eruption of the nebular nucleus gave birth to 136,702 suns, most of them solitary orbs. The total number of suns and sun systems having origin in the Andronover Nebula was 1,013,628. The number of the solar system sun, ours, is numbered 1,013,528. And 72. That's what they're saying, that our sun is the 1,013,572 sun to emerge from the Andronover Nebula. That's a whole lot of possible solar systems, isn't it? Paper 57, 4, Section 9. And now the great Andronover Nebula is no more, but it lives on in the many suns and their primary families which originated in this mother cloud of space. The final nuclear remnant of this magnificent nebula still burns with a reddish glow and continues to give forth moderate light and heat to its remnant planetary family of 165 worlds, which now revolve around this venerable mother of two mighty generations of the monarchs of light. And there from 1934's Urantia book, paper 57, describing the beginnings of our local universe of Nebadon, with the birth of the Andronover Nebula. She goes on to produce two series of suns, of families of suns, over a million suns birthed from this original nebula. Pretty amazing story. One wonders if the James Webb Telescope will reveal any of this, but it will be an exciting discovery nevertheless. And I hope you'll continue to follow me on this podcast and online at urantiaradio.net. Once again, thanks for joining me. Email questions, comments, urantiabookradio at gmail.com. Until next time, God bless.